Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Gentlemen, it is time for your Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Hey everybody, I am Joe the Widget Wilson, and I am back for another episode. This is episode number 71, and boy do we have an episode planned for you guys tonight. Sit back, relax, grab a beer or whatever, soda, I don't care, whatever tickles your fancy, because we're going to get into a lot of stuff. And I am joined, by all, as always, by my amazing co-hosts. The writer extraordinaire for this show, the uh, nonchalant nerd, Eve Arwen. <laughs> hey, Joe, we're back. Man, do we have a hefty show for you guys. Hello, Joe. Hello, chat room. Awesome to see such a nice turnout tonight. Yeah, uh, hopefully we keep them entertained tonight. And judging by the beginning of the show, before during our, uh, our pre-show, <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Dean off the record and then Bane off the record. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and we're joined by the notable Louis Alon. Thank you, Joe. Hello, sir. Hello, Ivarwin. Hey, everyone in the chat room, what's going on? Hello, Lou. Are you not entertained? We should all be soon enough. <laughs> Buckle up for the ride, everyone. <laughs> we are joined by the noddingly naked <laughs> David Deanforce Adams. He's he's not joking. Are you nodding? <laughs> yes. Are you um, naked? A little bit. Gross. Na- Naughtily. Yeah. Naughty. Awkward. Naughty. Naked. That's what I meant to say, and I came out wrong. And we were joined by the, <laughs> the, the notorious noob, Shank the Tank. Welcome to Bane off the record tonight, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm muting him now. <laughs> Someone take those energy drinks away from that kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm eating a banana nut muffin right now. So. <laughs> I just caught my breath. <laughs> or should I say a Bane Nana nut muffin? Oh. All right, I'm going to mute myself. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, we have some sponsors to get into, Ivarwin. We need to catch oh, man. I, <laughs> I got like, tears in my eyes. I'm like, I could barely breathe. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so uh, this show is sponsored in part by Guild Launch. So for those of you out there who are looking to create an awesome guild and you need a website to accompany it, go no further than guildlaunch.com. It's the only site that can bring you specially designed themes for that MMO you play, such as WoW, Terra, Lotro, Guild Wars 2, EverQuest 2, EVE, Aeon, Swotor, Rifts, so- and so many, 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 many more you can gain that competitive edge that only Guild Launch can provide with DKP tools for raiders and even mobile optimized sites. And that's just the free stuff. 
You can choose from one of their three subscription plans set starting at $7 a month, and you'll get features like your own domain, Google Analytics, storage, advertising, attendance reports. There's so much more over at Guild Launch. Stay current with your client or guild with your own newsletters as well. Great thing, great little thing here for ESO Guild leaders. So check this out, guildlaunch.com. The power to play and the tools to dominate. And also by tweakedaudio.com for quality earbuds, free worldwide shipping, unbeatable customer service, and a lifetime warranty. Drop our code in off the record, all one word, and you'll get 30% off your order. All at Guild Launch, excuse me, <laughs> tweakedaudio.com. That was orally awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so I don't get it wrong this week. We do have something uh, quick to mention before we begin. Yes, we do, actually. Uh, as you know, this week has been E3, and uh, the the Elder Scrolls Online has been doing an awesome job over at uh, at E3. So congratulations to the, the team at ZeniMax Online Studios and to Bethesda. Uh, Destructoid is uh, is holding a community choice awards on their website for E3. So to to vote for the Elder Scrolls Online as your favorite, head over to destructoid.com and show your enthusiasm for uh, ESO. Also, uh, the Zenimax team has has posted a picture on their website or for Twitter actually a few minutes ago of Paul Sage with a wall of awards behind him. ESO is doing amazing. At uh, at E3 with the major gaming news outlets, so that's that's very nice to see. Congratulations to them. We were holding the best of E3 as well for uh, Ellis was off the record. Unfortunately, there was only one title on the ballad, so it was a shoe in. Congratulations, Ellis Scrolls Online, you won. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was bad. All right, guys, so we're gonna get right into the fun. The first thing on our list tonight is a Paul Sage interview that we didn't get to last week. We're getting into it today. We got a little bit of uh, some notes here of what we learned. So, Ivarwin, if you don't mind, I'm just going to go ahead and read through these. Yeah, so so Buffed.de, which is a, uh, a German gaming news website, sort of had a, uh, had a video interview with uh, Paul Sage last week. And uh, it, was, it was the talk of the town last week. Um, we we jotted down some some stuff that we had we had learned based on on this that we think is the most important stuff uh, regarding the uh, the twenty minute long interview. Uh, the, the first thing I immediately took away is that uh, there is a day and night cycle in the MMO. Yes, and it's four times the speed of real life, and uh, the day and night cycle could switch about six times a day. Uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because there's other MMOs out there that don't actually have a day and night cycle. And I know Lou and I were talking about this once. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. Several, really? Several of them. Yeah. Yes. It's even yeah. more rare. I thought that was Weather like normal. Effects. It is normal. <laughs> <laughs> but some developers have gotten away from putting in a day and night cycle. Or weather. Or weather. Yeah. Those little and things. You know, you would be surprised at it's a small touch and you barely notice it. But when it's not there, I noticed it. And it definitely, like, takes me out of the game experience a little bit when I play those other MMOs that don't have it. 
the big question I have though is is will that actually affect like questing or skills based on day and night cycle? Especially when you think about for instance, if there is there gonna be a moon phases. So if you get the well the werewolf skill tree, are certain things of the werewolf gonna be affected by by night and moon phases as well as like uh, vampirism? Mm. Good question. And in Skyrim too there were uh yes, the one little site where you had the moon forge. What little forge you oh, can make the you lunar know, forge, yeah. That's right. Make those moon weapons. Where that power is affected by what time of day it was. Yeah, and its full power came to being when it was uh, nighttime and a full moon. So basically, the day and night cycle in itself it is pretty and nice, and it keeps you engrossed. But when you when the game actually incorporates that into it, that's awesome. Especially like weather. I remember playing Final Fantasy thirteen or eleven, whatever the MMO one was. I forget. Yeah, it's eleven. 11. Um, and the day and night or the weather cycles very much depends on what skills would be stronger when it came to the weather. Oh, yeah, if it was, like, fire day or water day. If it was raining outside, any water spells did a lot more damage, so on and so forth. Yeah. Any other thoughts, guys? I'll take that as a no. Uh, yeah, yeah, modding as well in the game will will be just for the UI at the moment. Now, now uh, Mr. Sage also did say that it's, you know, they'll possibly be allowing more modding later on down the road. Um, but right now they're saying that as far as modding goes, it's it's really just UI based. Needs to stay UI. Yeah. When you leave the UI, it tends to get in the realm of cheating. Yeah. Open the back doors. Yeah. Programs. Wow. The only other way I could see that they w- could allow people to customize the game more is if they allowed people to load skins or or for uh, armors and such. But honestly, when you even when you start doing that, you can have people trying to exploit stuff like PvP with you know blatant reds suits of armor on enemies, so they can spot them from a mile away. It would not be a good thing. I mean, I can see where there could be some good to it if they were able to like open up a UI for the graphics engine for outside enhancement. But then it can get into the like you said, the realm of cheating. Yeah. Yeah, I'd not like to see a release of, of anything that would make, like, ores glow or books glow or, it, it, dare we say, um, I'm I'm not even happy about the, the ability for them to bring in deadly boss mods, but I'm just going to have to deal with that one. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think they've announced something like that, have they? Well, that's all UI-based. Yeah. Oh. Because it's, it completely plays off of... Uh, um, the combat log, which is in Ellis Rolls Online right now. Mm. All right. Well, we'll have to see how far we can we can mod the UI. But right now, modding is in the game, but UI only. Cool with me. Uh, I guess I'll just go down the list then, Joe. Um, You've already been doing it, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adventure zones. All right. Uh, what what are they? Okay. And Paul Sage said they are groups of four can go into adventure zones. Uh, there's going to be areas within the adventure zones that you'll need 24 people, lots of activities for different group sizes, but mainly most of it will be for 20 man, 24 man groups. There's your weird number again. Yeah, but there's, uh, there's your raids, guys. Yeah, there's your rating. Answer given. We can pretty much assume that that uh, rating 
is is going to be these adventure zones, or at least your 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 common raid experience can be found in these adventure zones. I have a strong feeling that the word, the way we know of raiding, is completely different in ESO. Yeah. So I mean, I, I've seen comments of people saying, "Well, I heard that there's no raiding in Elseworlds Online, so I'm going to go and, and buy Final Fantasy 14 or whatever." Well, how do you know what the end game's like? Just because they said no conventional rating like, like you're used to, suddenly the game is garbage? Yeah, don't forget, guys. They've always said, they've always maintained that there will be large-scale PvE content in the game at the end of it. And, and I think these adventure zones are, are going to be a large part of that. You know what it sounds like they're trying to describe here is um, instead of raids <clears throat> where you enter an instance... And it's like inter square room fight boss, inter next square room fight boss, inter next square room fight boss. Instead of that, they're going to make it an open world, you know, kind of you have fight have to fight off waves of enemies. And then after that, the boss shows up and you have to beat him in his own area. I always loved the open world like style raid bosses. And that's that's what generated. it sounds like they're trying to describe without coming out and saying it, isn't it? Yeah. Shanks walking down in, in, his, in the fields, picking his flowers, and suddenly standing in front of him is this awesome, like, 15-story tall Daedra of, of terror. What's up, Shank? <laughs> yeah, and then I Holy peace. <laughs> I drop my flowers in peace. Peace in shall ensue. <laughs> Uh, item progression will be in the game. So for those of you out there who are looking to collect uh, powerful weapons and and powerful armor and possibly tiers of that, progression is in the game. So you can look forward to that at least. Word. Uh, this is extremely interesting, and I, I, I really like this. There will be mounts in the game. We've known. We've kind of assumed that, right? We've already known that. They confirmed that a long time ago. Right. Here's the best part about it. Mounts are like they're in typical MMOs, but you can feed your mount, and how you feed your mount determines how it's going to grow. What? Really? Yeah. You can determine the path of your mount and how they behave based on the food you give your mount. That's freaking so awesome. Horse, just like yeah. constant skooma. So if I fed it like dead root or whatever, it would turn into an undead mount. That'd be- <sighs> I think one of the examples Paul Sage gave was if you feed your mount a certain type of food, it'll gain, it'll become faster. So if you feed a lot of candy, it's a big fat lumbering thing that can carry a lot. Like my cat. Right. Subways of Tamriel. Yeah. This pleases me deeply. This is this is really awesome. I I really like this. Can you um, the combos for that? Really sexy, actually. Awesome. Also, uh, I'm wondering. This is pure speculation. I'm wondering if this, if we're going to be able to do uh, combat on our mounts. And w- uh, you know what we talked about? Well, Dad. Jeez, oh, I hope so. Can you imagine that in Cyrodiil? But seriously. Um, uh, Zath- that's Zathork in the chat room reminded me. Remember we talked about the different uh, different types of uh, Khajiit and how one of them was a mount? Mm-hmm. I want one of those and have to feed it dogs to make it ferocious. 
So does this mean if I feed my Mount Cheetos, it's going to start wearing sunglasses? <laughs> wow. Well, it may build a fort and but, make you have okay, to... Okay, back to com- mounted combat. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, there, there'll be more on that a little bit later in the show. Um, is it... It is possible. Here's the next point and the final one for for the video here. Um, It is possible to have a guild with three factions. You can join up to five different guilds and your account is attached to the guilds. So here's how it works. You make an account. You are, you know, uh, lewisolan at at gmail.com. That's your account. And you have five characters. Okay. For now, yes. For now. (laughs) Each one of your characters is, you know, a different race. And you can join up to five different guilds. With each race? Or with each each character? You can can take... You can take a character. um, And I think I said that wrong. (laughs) I think I confused myself. Basically... Uh, you can join up to five different guilds, okay? Um, but you can also take take a character from from one faction and join another faction's guild. And, and the reason is because that it's not necessarily your character that's joining that guild. It's really just your account. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. That's what, joining that guild. What, what Varn's trying to say is when you make a new character, it's automatically in the guild or guilds that your other character was in. It's attached to your account. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, yeah. <laughs> that's it. <clears throat> and I love the fact they said that uh, it's possible to have guilds with all three factions in there. Um, that opens the doors for us, guys. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Sure does. And I'm wondering if it's going to be my original estimate where you have to be level 50 from another faction to get into it, or if it's just open right away. But I don't think that's going to be the case, because they said right there your account is attached to your guilds. So I'm assuming if your main's in with us and already that when you make a new character regardless of the faction it's going to be in with us regardless that's going to make pvp interesting yeah yeah well <laughs> i wonder now you're you're not going to be able to I, I wonder how this is really based i mean if you're if you go into pvp as a guild does it separate you out as as faction or does it keep you with your guild and just say that you're you know part of that you're basically like a like a traitor to your to your faction and you belong to this other faction questions and questions hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that's a good point i mean that that would kind of defeat pvp if all three factions are in one guild and you go to do, you go to Cyrodiil pvp then what happens <laughs> your loyalties are divided you know how does that work it kind of messes no, up the mechanic. mine aren't i'm just gonna go to the highest bidder wow. whoever pays me the most uh skooma and uh yeah there's got to be, there's got to be an answer for this on the internet somewhere. We just missed it. I wouldn't doubt it, man. Considering like the crazy amount of information that came out regarding this game, it's it's definitely got to be somewhere out there. Yeah, I'll take a look. I'll take a look. You know, during the week and see if we can find something. All right, guys. So E3 hit this week, and it was a massive, massive E3. It was shocking to the gaming industry. Uh, what what happened and the announcements that were made and even blew us away on one particular announcement we're going to get into in a second but guys what we learned at E3 and we learned a lot surprisingly a lot more than we were speculating 
uh, last week even. Um, how about after we do this, we can take a phone call? But sure. let's uh, get into this. And the first thing is that PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Mac will all have Elder Scrolls online. Will be available wow. for it. I the literally freaked out, <clears throat> jumped up, ran around my couch, clapped, and texted Bradford. <laughs> Were you happy about it? <laughs> I was. All in the same breath. I was, yeah. In, like it was one fluid action. Like if that was a combo, I just got like a seven string combo, like perfect. All right, real quick, who's who? Who's happy about this, and who's not happy about this? Joe, I, thrilled. Lou, be, yeah, I am happy. It's going to happen. Dave, how dare Xbox One and PS4 think that they have the right to play? No, I'm happy about it. It's a great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy about it as well. So I can't believe we're actually unanimous about this because it's it, it is actually very controversial. It's a brilliant marketing strategy, and I think that people just don't understand. They they, they still think that the um, PS4 and the Xbox One is going to be limited to what a PC can do, and I think they're very very wrong because concerning the PlayStation Four and the PS1 are pretty much PCs. Yeah. Well, plus, <laughs> we played this at PAX. I I really think that. It has what, oh yeah, like the setup of it would be great for a controller. <clears throat> oh yeah, I mean the only hard part was you might want to get yourself a USB keyboard, but other than that, I don't see. I think it's a brilliant marketing move. I think it's a brilliant move. Period. People, okay, look, put it this way: um, a game came out recently, a first-person shooter MMO uh, that came out on multi-platform. Well, no, there was a few MMOs. That were announced that we might have a multi-platform, like, for instance, Planet Side 2. Okay, as soon as it came out, people were like, oh, yeah, we want to keep it PC. But as soon as it came out, people were complaining, why can't I get this on my PlayStation 3? Why can't I get this on my Xbox? Well, for one, you can't ever get it on Xbox because it's, it's owned by Sony. But my point is, is that once it comes out and people understand, that, okay, I really want to play this game. And they think that, well, maybe my computer could have handled it and they realize that it can't. And they have a beautiful PlayStation 4 sitting over there by their big screen TV next to their big fluffy couch, wishing they had it for PlayStation 4. I, I, think, I think this is amazing because um, everyone is, is going to have access to Elder Scrolls Online. And we've always said on this show, number one, we don't think it's going to come to consoles. But number two, we wish it would because it would be amazing to have every platform be able to feature this game this way everyone has access to it in some sort of way and uh, real quick last week I wrote a letter to Zenimax as a console tes- as oh, yeah. console Elder Scrolls fan yeah. and what happened to Varwin Pete Hines tweeted me saying te- console test players have been on like been one of their priorities since day one I think you'll like what you see, winky face. <laughs> he made the winky face. He didn't actually type out winky face. Yeah. And as soon as I heard that it was on, like, as soon as I saw that logo in the Sony press conference, I texted Bradford. I was like, no, Pete Hines, that cheeky, cheeky, cheeky. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So needless to say, I was ecstatic. <laughs> that, that's all I got to say. Yeah, exactly. It, brilliant move. I think that we're unanimous on this, guys. And move on. 
So, all versions of ESL ESL will ship within the same time frame. Um, when we have more to share, they will let us know. And that time frame they announced was spring of 2014, which I gotta admit, guys, did depress the hell out of me. I understand why they're doing it, and I'm okay with why they're doing it. Still, having to wait another four to six months. Yeah, but here, I, <clears throat> I was actually happy when I read that. Well, I, I understand. Really like I said, I understand why they're doing it, but yeah, I want the game. I, I will. I will say this. Um, I, I think, I think the 2013 release date was uh, initially a really good, a really good window of time for them. But as time progressed, I think uh, it became apparent that that. It, it needs more time to just sort of uh, incubate. Yeah, you know, it really wasn't surprising to me because MMOs are that kind of, of beast. Especially when you start going into a, like a closed base system, you start getting a lot of feedback, you realize that, well, maybe we should do something different with this. It's going to put delays on game on the game, and it's, it's to be expected, honestly. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not going to get, you know, a, a shed a tear over it, but... I understand it completely, and I do want to see the game polished when it comes out. I want to see a mind-blowingly awesome game that I know that they can do. So, yeah, I mean, it's understandable. And there's a big misconception out there that I think I want to address right now. And that's the fact that a lot of people are um, under the impression that they're pushing back the PC version just so they can get it ready for console. I call the BS card on that. Yeah, no. That's completely false. Uh, <clears throat> we have uh, maybe Joe. This is the time you want to go down the notes here. Yeah. Um, we actually got confirmation by Nick Conkle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm hot. Hi- yeah, I got it highlighted there for you. And it was actually a question done by our uh, intrepid lead reporter, Mr. Joe Bradford, and he an- he asked uh, Nick Console. <laughs> Nick Console. Conkle. <laughs> <laughs> he asked him a good question. Why? Yeah. yeah you go. Uh, I'll read it. I'll read the question. Leave it to me. Well, that that question there, mm-hmm. that's not the answer below. I, I uh, sort of typed that up wrong. Uh, <laughs> where is our answer? <laughs> uh, let's just get into this, okay? Yeah. We pushed back the date of the PC release because we wanted to ensure the best possible quality game that we have all been striving for, a AAA game, that meets everyone's expectations for an Elder Scrolls online game. As far as the consoles, we just felt felt that happened to be a great opportunity with what is available, the technology, the timing of things coming out. Also, the style of game we are creating really translates well to the consoles. So it was something that we wanted to do for a long time. There you go. Booyah. Yeah. So, I mean, I can understand why um, people would think that they held the release date back just to get console support in there. But, uh, I mean, this question was asked uh, very quickly by uh, by Bradford to to Nick Conkle. And without missing a beat, I mean, the guy the guy this is what he said. Uh, You know, I mean, I, I trust what they're saying. You know, I don't think it was held back by consoles. I saw the game being held back about a month and a half ago, two months ago. I kind of figured that would happen anyway because, I mean, you know, it's half the year is over and, and we still haven't heard anything about open beta. We haven't heard anything about a release date. 
you know, and, and Lou, I, you know, you and I were talking offline once. We were sort of saying, like, you know, don't you think that the game is going to be held back? And, and you know, Lou, you were the first one to say, like, yeah, because, you know, we're, we're not even in open beta yet. Yeah. And, you know, I know players like myself are impatient and want it, want it now. But if you really want them to do the best job they can, then allow them time to do it. And I think with this, as Nick Conkle said, you know what? They're going to do it. And if it annoys people, pisses them off, oh, well, you know what? You want a bad product or you want a good product? <laughs> so I'll wait. Exactly. All right. Any other thoughts? Yes, no, maybe. Okay, moving on. <laughs> we have yet to announce our business model for ESO. When we do, we'll share that information on our social channels. Um, I've never seen MMO, I said this before, I've never seen MMO announce their business model any time prior to open beta. I want to bring this up, though, for everyone to talk about. Alrighty. I, I had this thought independently, all right? Games coming to console, right? Don't you think that that sort of indicates the business model that they might have Yes. An idea of? Yes. Mm, no. Not at all, actually. No? No. no. Alright, here here's 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 my train of thought. Let me see if you guys think about if uh, you guys agree. Xbox One. Right? For Xbox Live, let's say you get an Xbox an Xbox One and you, you sign up for Xbox Live. You have to pay for Xbox Live, don't you? Yep. Yep. Okay. Mm. But Sony PlayStation you do not. Yes, no, you that's, do. that's not yes, true. You do. Not for the PS4. You have to pay for PS Plus. Uh, that's their Xbox Live for PS4. Okay, so yeah. then I believe just... it's yeah, it's it's fifty bucks a year on PlayStation Four and sixty dollars for Xbox Live. So either way, you're paying to uh, for multiplayer. All right, yeah, so they're this, changing it up with the PS4. This kind of furthers my point. Anyway, um, so if you play on a console, you have to pay. You have to pay an internet bill. But you also have to pay in order to to get into the uh, either Sony or Microsoft servers to to play your games online, right? Right. Why then would you want to buy one game that you have to, in order to play it, pay a subscription model for? On top of your uh, online. Uh, On top that? of your. Right. Your access to the servers for Microsoft. You're looking at this rationally. When when it comes to money, people like to be irrational. I I would love to agree with you, Varwin, on this because honestly, I would love for this game to go free to play. But I've seen more times than not that MMOs on consoles, on top of subscription to online fees, also have a subscription base just for the game. Exactly. Was that was going to be my point too? But also take into account the fact of Zenimax Online's thinking. All right, these guys aren't these guys aren't, these guys aren't SOE. This isn't this isn't you know um, Final Fantasy Eleven. These guys they're they're listening to the fan base. They're considerate. <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> they're actually considerate people. Well, being I considerate think. doesn't always doesn't always mean it's gonna. Being a sitter, it doesn't affect the bottom line. Well, in this regard, I think it, it might. Well, here's, if they do choose that, I would love that. Here's here's what I think we're going to see. This is my this is my prediction. I think we're going to get a hybrid. I think they're going to say it's free to play. Um, 
with a subscription plan. For that with you, sir, I'd have to completely agree. I think that's what they're going to do. Because they want you to jump into the game on console or PC and have fun. But they're going to itemize certain things. Wait, I'm confused. You what do you mean free to play? Five bucks a month for an extra model. character. Well, like for instance, it can be free to play. But certain things would be um, only available for if you paid, like, say, a, a subscription. So if you're free to play, you can only use, for instance, like, make one character. If you're a subscription, you can have up to 15 available. Oh. Uh, that's one model, yeah. Yeah, it's I, one way of doing it. D- don't forget, they okay. also confirmed this week costumes are in the game. Well, yeah. Costumes are a great money maker for for uh, marketplaces inside MMOs. Oh, yeah. Microtransaction microtransaction free to plays do very well. Yeah. So if they gave you the game for free and you you buy the box, you throw it in your console, you have fun with your friends, and then you know you can you can buy expansions or DLCs and put it into your game mm-hmm. when they come out, or you can go to the store and you can buy costumes and put it on your character. I think one of the best. Want to subs- if you want to subscribe to the game, you get all that stuff for free. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the big ways I've been seeing hybrids go along lately is well, they have the microtransaction store, like you said, and when they they'll offer you like, okay, well, if you pay us fourteen dollars a month, we'll give you fourteen dollars worth of our online store money. Plus, you'll get to you'll have this many characters unlocked. Plus, you'll have this. Plus, you'll get this when you make a new character or mount right from the start, like baby chicken. You know, there's. There's actually a very good point that backs up your ideas of the hybrid model. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, Rift went free-to-play this week and yeah. moved into that hybrid format. And honestly, ESO would work perfect in the hybrid model as you two are describing. Lou, what, what do you think? You haven't weighed in on it yet. Oh, no, I just want to see what you, what you guys were, were thinking. Take it all in uh, honestly? before I... Yeah. Say something. Well, you may say something now. <laughs> well, I, I think ESO would do very well to go for the, uh, the buy-to-play model. Um, because just to clarify everything, folks, when, when you call a game free-to-play, it's totally free, meaning I just go to their website, down the client, I, I pay them nothing. What we're talking about is the buy-to-play, meaning you have to, you have to pay Zoss for the game, but then from then on, it's free, meaning there's no subscription fee. I... Okay? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's that's buy to play. <laughs> yeah, free to play is I, I go to this site, nothing. I download the client for free. What we have here is yeah, you buy a game, obviously. And then on, you, I think it would be great to have a hybrid model. Meaning, if you want to pay for it, you get all this. Um, and we've seen that. I mean, Evaro and I play a game, Lotro, Lord of the Rings Online. Well, that's very successful. All right, I mean, you have a subscription model. And you had a free-to-play model, and you know from what what we have, it's very enjoyable. You can get a lot out of the game, and the way ESO set up, man, especially with the consoles now having access to this game, that market is going to explode. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, think about it. <laughs> you have the PC, the Xbox One, the PS4 communities all in there, and, and just gosh, taking advantage of it. And if they do have a, you know, a, well, they're going to have, a, I guess, an online store to where you can purchase little things in life, little quality of life stuff like the costume slots, which, you know, unabashedly so, I'm going to be a, a costume person. <laughs> I love that stuff for these games. Costume hoe? 
That's right. Take my monies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but as we've seen, I mean, the past couple of years, I mean, a lot of MMOs have been very successful in the adoptus model. You know, it works. You know, it keeps them in, in the black. Uh, not really all the time. A lot of games who have done that model have not done well. Yeah, there's always a few that go yeah. a little bit too far into pay to win. And what you don't see in the background, Lou, is when they do that model, like three quarters of their design staff gets laid off when the game launches. When they do like a um, a hybrid model, they're able to keep a lot more staff on for content, quality content, and not like Guild of Wars BS content they've been releasing. I'm willing oh, to it- pay the extra for great content. Right, and, and you know that's one of the points I, I didn't want to bring up now. But you're right. I mean, I understand people want games to be free to play, um, but then again, there's also the uh, the point I want I want to take to these people. I also also take to heart. All right, these companies are a business; they have to make money somehow. Okay, it's all well and good. We all get stuff for free, but it, that's not how the world works, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And a lot of MMOs fail because, just my opinion. That company fails to produce content people are willing, keyword willing, to pay for. Okay, you can have successful MMOs that are totally subscription-based if, if they give their players something to pay for. If the player base thinks it's crap, of course they're going to want to go free-to-play because I, why would I pay $14.99 a month for a game that's garbage? However, if it's free-to-play, yeah, I'll play it all day because, you know, it's not costing me a thing except my time. All right? I'll use a case in point. Star Wars Old Republic. All right, they had to go free to play. Why? Because we all know what happened to the subscription base <laughs> as the year went on. Okay, they had to switch that model. Otherwise, you know, we'd be seeing a, a Matrix, you know, <laughs> type game. Server like shutting a, down. Yeah, server shutting down. Okay, auto assault. Yeah, it's going the way of the dodo. Um, if you give your players something that they will pay for, they will do it. They'll find a way to do it. I I cannot agree more emphatically. You know, if if game's garbage, they're going to say it's garbage, you're not going to pay for it, and you're going to have to go free to play in order to keep yourself solvent. And then this is where, you know, what Joe's point comes in. Three-quarter staff goes away, and you know what that staff's dedicated to? Making stuff in the cash shop, all the shinies, all the pretties, all the pay-to-win stuff to keep their game solvent. And then your little extra content like updates and expansions go out the window, or they take forever. Yeah. So that's that's what I think. I, that's my my prediction. I think I think you're going to be able to buy the box, install the game on any of your uh, any platform, no subscription, and then play the game. You'll have access to a marketplace where you can buy different stuff that you want. You'll have access to to purchasing uh, DLC or expansions, and then I think you'll also have the option to subscribe and get that stuff for uh, not for free, but you know, as part of your subscription. I think that's what they're going to do. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> ah, a little tidbit here. If you've already signed up for ESO Beta, we have your information and we'll keep you updated on future console beta news. Well, that's good. Coolness. You can buy button mapping software to play ESO with a controller on PC, but it is not officially supported. I, I actually have something for this. You don't have to buy anything. There's a software called Joy to Key, which actually I've used yeah. on a few games. Love it. I haven't forgotten, Shank. I'm waiting the best for last. 
We'll hold open beta for ESO later on in the testing process. We'll announce more about how to participate as we get closer. I'm seriously not expecting this. If they're, if they're saying spring of 2014, I wouldn't count on open beta until either the end of this year or the very beginning of next year. Oh, this is killing me. I would what? say beginning of next year. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't you dare say Usually that. Usually, open beta. I'm telling you, I think, I think it's going to be, look, <laughs> Star Wars The Old Republic's open beta was like a month. Barwood, you close your dirty mouth. <laughs> it's like we're going to get the end of this year, and we're getting into that damn beta. You know, and SWOTOR wasn't the only one that had an open beta for a month. There was Terra. There was uh, Guild Wars 2. There was uh, Neverwinter. I, it's I almost ne- always one to two months prior to release. Always. Y'all are going to make me flip this table. Don't, there will, <laughs> Dave, there will never be an open beta. Alright, I, I need a second. I need to Periodic <laughs> two-hour closed betas once a month. Goose. Into your nose, out your mouth. Well, anyway, guys, the mega server technology in ESO will allow PC and Mac players to play together. However, Xbox One and PS4 players will have distinct servers. What's a Mac? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I was Googling it, actually. It appears to be an alternate version of a PC. Yeah. That doesn't like do an, as well. It's like an alternate reality of your computing experience. Oh, God. A bizarre world? Oh, I can't. I'm not ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> Mac uh, systems are places where Superman's bad. Let's, Actually, uh, I, I saw the new Mac. It totally looks like the garbage can I have in my room. <laughs> wow. wow. Anyway, guys, so what, what what's basically being said here is that there's going to be three separate groups, PC and Mac, Xbox One, and PS4. Should, will be on uh, different servers. They won't be a shared server. Joe, why is this Why is this awesome? Why is this awesome? Yeah. It's not. Why, is it, why does it stink? <laughs> <laughs> shared servers is something that people have been wanting for a very long time for MMOs, and... Um, Defiance is one of the big ones I can think about right now. It actually very much hurt the game when they announced, okay, yeah, it's going to be on you know, PlayStation 3, it's going to be on Xbox 360, it's going to be on your PC, but you can't play with each other. I mean, people would love to be able to say, okay, well, for instance, we're going to have our guild on PC, given. I mean, I, I can think, I'm pretty certain that all five of us are going to be playing on PC. Uh, it's going to be... be so sure. <laughs> well, and maybe PS4 as well. But anyway... The thing is, is that the majority of us are playing on PC, are, are going to be playing on PC. Our guilds will be based on PC. The PS4 players and the Xbox One players who are going to be going that route won't be able to join our guild. It's a different experience. I think. Here's here's why I think this is awesome. Um, I I think the experience, based on either using a controller or using a keyboard and mouse, is going to dictate a lot of things you do in the game. I, I yeah. was just... You took the words out of my mouth, man. <laughs> well, you can't have them back. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. I, I, think, I think those who play ESO on the PC are going to be your general hardcore MMO players who are looking for a hardcore MMO experience. Here comes the hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and when it comes to the consoles, okay... I think a lot of what they want to do is I think they want to engage in that that old time first person uh, player base uh, that first person experience that they got with normal Elder Scrolls games. I think a lot of those console guys are going to be looking for that with a little MMO in it. 
I think the PC guys are going to be looking for a lot of MMO that feels like Elder Scrolls. I don't know. I don't buy that. I'm sorry. I think this is where we have to, for once, disagree. That's okay. Yeah. I have another example for you, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's Final Fantasy XI. It was the first MMO to ever incorporate shared servers for console and mm-hmm. computer. And it was seamless. I played it on both my PlayStation 2 and my PC. And the transition between the two was seamless. Ah, but don't forget, Joe, they also offered a keyboard and mouse for that game as well for your PlayStation. Well, yeah, that's a, a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One are computers. You, you put a little nub in there, you have your wireless keyboard and mouse, there you go. Right. If you so, want it. But I, I use the controller for my PlayStation 2. I never use the keyboard and mouse. Right. But those who wanted the, the ma- keyboard and mouse support had it. Yeah. So their, their experience was uh, similar. See, here, here's the thing. Um, I sort And this isn't proof. This is just my experience. I sort of feel like those who play the console version of this game are going to naturally be looking for a different experience than the ones who are playing this game on PC. That would be me. I think the ones, the ones who play PC want to be able to run in the game and then hit the enter key to bring up their chat window real quick and just boom, 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 type real quick and just say something to somebody and have, have a, a social experience. Uh, see, this is – I get what you're saying. Okay, so console players are loners. PC players are social acolytes. No, <laughs> I think, joke. That was a joke. <laughs> I think by virtue of having a controller in your hand and not necessarily quick access to to your your chat window, I think is going to to lend the gameplay on console to a more single player based game. And this is again something that we've seen in Defiance. Defiance console players are are very similar, are very much the 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 uh, the single player type of, of players. Those who, who are who play Defiance on PC have been very vocal on the Defiance forum saying that I feel I feel alone in the game because there's no way that I can quickly access the chat window. Well that's because the game was was created for, for a gamepad, for a controller in your hand, not necessarily for a mouse and keyboard. It was just ported over to the PC. So I think I think the people on console are going to be looking for a different experience to play the game than they are in PC. So separating the servers, I think, uh, for the community has a, an an unintended effect uh, that the community is going to benefit from by being separated. And honestly, it, it might even not even be in Zenimax's hands. It, you, when I can look at a higher level, and it might be a Microsoft and Sony decision with their two di- uh, separate uh, services. Yeah, it honestly could be that Microsoft and Sony were like, sorry, bros, we have to have dedicated servers for all yeah. our games. Yeah, yeah. and I, I would not be surprised if that was what the was case. Happening. That's why you're never going to see, because uh, Microsoft and Sony are enemies. They hate each other. <laughs> they don't want to share, as in evidence with their press conferences. It's like me. I don't like to share. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's it. Are we, do we have any phone calls? We are opening the board. We are opening the floor to phone calls now, ladies and gentlemen. As we move on, okay. So, Adam Sessler interviews Paul Sage at E3 on day two. An audio recap. Uh, do you want me to go ahead and play this one, or should we just go on to the key points here? 
Uh, well, I've got the timestamps there for you if you want to jump to those key points. Uh, let's just do the key points. I don't think we need to play the audio. Okay. I like doing this better anyway. <laughs> well, how long is the video? Is it like seven minutes? Well, it's 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 long, but if you jump to those key points, all right. Let me uh, let me work some magic here. See the uh, the thing is is you know Adam Sussler asks this question and then Paul Sage answers it, so it's it's sort of built for that. Let me uh, okay. We're gonna go to the first one right now. A few seconds before it. Immersive because you're seeing things at eye level and just details really start to pop in the world of first person. So in terms of sort of growing and the growth of your character, I mean, how robust uh, a, a, a character system do you have so that you know, you're constantly getting that feedback from your accomplishments in the game? Yeah, so when you start out, you start out, you get to pick one of nine races, right? And you should be familiar with all the races from an Elder Scrolls title. But you also get to pick four class or from four different classes. Once you pick your class choice, then that really informs like three skill trees. And then from there, you'll just add new skill trees. You'll add new weapons. You can pick up any weapon you want to use in the game and use it, uh, which is, you know, pretty different in the MMO space. You can wear any armor that you want to use. And, and the whole point of this is, you know, player freedom. So they have the freedom to choose how they want to grow their character, uh, you know, because that's what attaches you to the world. And then in, in terms of that freedom, I, th- I think this might be one of the harder things for those people that are so used to the traditional games. How much can you play by yourself and how much is designed to really, you know, make some friends, go out there with a group and, and, and take out something more challenging? Uh, so if we started designing it, we looked at uh, what does a solo player want to do and how does a solo player want to play? So we've got lots of content if you want to play solo. If you want to play in a small group, like saying, uh, you know, I will play with my wife as an example. Um, and so there, we have content specifically slated for that type of group. And then there's, the, you know, for, say, a four group. And it gets larger and larger as we go out. So you can play any way you want to play. And I think that's that's the beauty of it is if you're into that social experience, we give you lots of reasons to want to play with your friends. Yeah, so there's, there's two points right there. Um, in terms of growth of your character, how robust of a character system do you have, and how much of this can you play solo, and how much of this can you play by yourself? And uh, I think you know Paul Sage answered those those very very well. It's what you, know, you want to do. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, in in terms of of character creation, you know, you're going to get tons of skill lines. And uh, almost, almost sort of pick and choose on the fly, like what, how you want to build your character, um, and if you want to stop building it in that way and switch to something completely different with those skill lines, so long as you unlock them. Did any of you guys were any of the other guys just drooling at the combat? I was. Yeah, I, I was looking at the flowers. Um. <laughs> Kill them all. <laughs> There's that peony. <laughs> West Wheeled, man, I'm telling you. All right, I guess uh, Lou, anything to say on that? Oh no, you guys said it all. I mean, the man said it himself. All right, here we go. Next one, next point here. <laughs> go on there. Um, but what we try to do is we give you just enough reason not to do it. So we actually have a, a, a small take on soul gems, which if you are familiar with, you know, any Elder Scrolls games, you get you have soul gems in the game. And so right now, uh, you'll need a soul gem uh, to resurrect on your own. You'll need a full soul gem to resurrect on your own. You'll also be able to resurrect your buddies like that. And if you can't, then you travel back to a way shrine. Um, your equipment might uh, take a little bit of damage from that. You know, some where you have to pay to have it repaired. Uh, but that's okay. It's, it's not so steep uh, that it will put you off the experience, but it's just steep enough to make, eh, maybe I shouldn't have done that thing that I just did. Uh, but speaking of the soul gem. I, I cried a little bit inside, guys. 
Yeah, so this is about the death system. Um, apparently, if you have soul gems, you can either res yourself or somebody else in your party. That's what what uh, Paul's explaining right here. I know, but did you, you guys ever? Did you guys any of you else pick up on that little tidbit he was talking about that made me groan? Um, armor and weapon wear and tear. Oh, having to you have to get it repaired from taking yeah, damage. Yeah, repairing it. I was hoping this wouldn't be in game. I hate that when MMOs do that, where you have to repair your gear. I hated it about Oblivion, loved it, and Skyrim, you oh, to repair it. Okay, I'm going to have to dish. I'm sorry. I just, just totally cut you off. <laughs> Keep going. I'm done. I was going to say, that's that's one of the things I loved about Oblivion, was that your armor deteriorated, and you had to maintain your gear. I thought just add it to a different dimension in the game, so you couldn't just you know run around Such a killing wave. stuff. I I mean it it can get tedious, but I just thought it was great. It was it was a it was a great little role playing sort of uh, element that you can't just keep running around and like bashing people's skulls and picking flowers and getting you know, all this stuff and taking all this damage without you, your armor and gear suffering. So I I, I really do like that. Well, I, I sort of I agree with Shank in a sense, but that's because the the mechanic of this is totally it feels totally different in an MMO than it does in single player. Elder Scrolls games, and I, yeah. I actually thought about this last night. I was playing some Oblivion, and uh, I had to get my armor repaired, and it sort of sidetracked me and became its own quest to actually move myself. Uh, the clo- I had to find out where's the closest town. I walked there, of course, <laughs> and then and then I got this stuff, you know, uh, repaired. It's totally different in an MMO. When usually what happens in an MMO is you die, you res, and then the, the guy that repairs your gear because you died is is like right next to you. Not always. The my biggest problem with this is and this is my experience in every MMO that has this system, is we get a group together after waiting a half an hour trying to pull people together to go into this little five man dungeon, finally get ready to go, and your team's like, Oh, I forgot to repair guys, you have to give me a few more minutes. You have to wait a half an hour for them to run back, repair, and then get back to you guys. It's annoying as sin to me. Yeah, it's definitely me. I do that. <clears throat> yeah, I, I wanted to definitely chime in on this one. With um, I've, I've always raided in games. And I, I really like the rush when you go in. Yeah, you, you mess up a little bit. Then you go back in. You do it just a little bit better. You do it just a little bit better the next time. Next time you do it a little bit better to the point where you bring, bring down a boss. But that that momentum breaks whenever your gear does, mm-hmm. and you have to stop what you're doing and and walk out of the the raid as a group. Everybody has to go hold hands and repair, and then we can come back and actually get back to the game. It just it irritates me that this is such an at this point it feels archaic that this is even still in MMOs. But one quick point I would like to make is you guys both gave uh, great examples in a uh, in a group rating situation. Mm-hmm. What if you're playing this game solo? You wouldn't experience oh, no. that. no. In a solo feel, it, I definitely think it does lend more toward the solo uh, kind of gameplay. It, it absolutely does because it, it makes you think, wow, maybe I'm not ready for this area. Or, wow, maybe I'm not doing something right with my build. Maybe I should... should play around with it more mm-hmm. um but when you're in a raid when it's it's all about working with the group it kind of it, it becomes a hindrance same with pvp shank this is not a single player game this is a multi massively multiplayer online game 
But you can play it but single you player. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. can, but there's going to be points where you're going to want to be with people. You may think now that, oh, I just want to play solo. You're going to wind up not playing solo a few times, trust me. Here, here's a good question. How, how, could, how could Zoss do this better? Do you think something like, like Rift's uh, soul system, where you technically have to repair your soul, but you can die multiple times um, and not have anything really affected until you finally hit like zero percentage? For well, that's your- how it's always been in, in the different MMOs. You know what would actually be a good thing to counteract this, honestly? Mm-hmm. Is using those master armor smiths and master weapon smiths to be able to whip out and who knows where they're carrying it up their bum and anvil, slap down your armor and repair <laughs> it right then and there for you. That would be okay with me. What if this like might feel dumb, kit. but what if they just charged you money instead to resurrect like that? I could. But that's just another another way of doing it. I mean, me personally, I don't mind having wear and tear because um, it's, I don't see it as a hindrance. I see it as a control. And as Paul Sage said there, you know, death has to have consequences. Otherwise, you know, you're going to walk in there, like Shank said, swinging, bashing away with no care and thought in the world and doing the stereotypical Leroy Jenkins. That has to be a way <laughs> that has to be a way to control that behavior. I mean, if the way for that is to, you know, you act like an idiot, your gear goes broke. Now you can't raid. Well, next time, don't be an idiot. <laughs> Do you, do you think do you think uh, something <clears throat> like a hardcore old style MMO mechanic like de leveling losing experience on oh, every oh, single oh. death has a place in this game? Oh hell no! That I don't think so. Final Fantasy Eleven that kills that, any MMO that uses it. I hate that. The MMO world now isn't ready for that. We won't, won't accept that because, again, speaking my own experience, my own my own opinion, folks. Okay. People just want to bum rush through things, get over with, and say, oh, we did it. As opposed to, okay, you know what? Let's see what what happens here (laughs) and experience it. All right, we made a mistake. It cost us. Okay, what did we do wrong? (laughs) What Joe said, too, I want to bring back to his point where the the mass smiths, you know, weapon smiths, armor smiths, what have you, EQ2 has a beautiful system for that. Okay, whenever I rated there, if you were a master craftsman, guess what you could build? Portable repair kits. All right, that's had the a, answer. It had a limited use. Wow! Finally, has something like that with the Mister Robot type thing they have now. But now they've had it. EQ2 has had it for years. Where if you were a Master Smith, Master Crafter, you could build a repair kit that you could use, and you, guess what? You could pass it off to other players. So if your tank was like, "Oh man, I forgot to repair." Here, man, take this. Trade with me. Repair yourself next time. Pay attention before you come to the raid. <laughs> so then. Uh, Joe, do you think that that repairing your gear would be would be a better mechanic if they did not allow the the repair of that gear through an NPC, but rather allowed it through repair kits that other players can make and sell, you know, through a in quotes type of auction house? That'd be brilliant. It would help the economy. It would it would bolster yeah. the economy, and it would make it to where you don't have to break from your action. To go out and repair, you have to, you stop for a few like a minute at the most. Repair your gear, put it back on, strap it on, and go back into the fray. Like yeah, I, I'm, I'm a combat junkie. You guys know that. I don't want to have to get break away from my fun, my immersion, to saunter back to town, go talk to a dumb NPC, 
repair it, saunter back out to where I was, and then get back in the action. Yeah, I so, like that idea of the repair kits. That that would solve the issue. That would allow single player to have what it needs, which is the, the degradation of gear. And would allow raiders, the people who are already well enough well enough off to handle purchasing uh, repair kits, would allow them to keep doing what they find fun. And that's that's what we want, is every play style to be represented in a way that it can continue doing what it finds fun. Yeah. I think I think in a way that would make hardcore MMO players happy. And I think it would also be accessible to uh, players who want to just appreciate the game in a in a cursory way or in a in a not such a hardcore way in a in a in a laid back way. Uh, you know, maybe an hour or two a night sort of way. I think it would the game would still be accessible even for the casual players having those repair kits. Believe it or not. I, I'd oh, be okay go. with it. Get on that, Zenimax. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more point we're going to get into that I almost completely forgot. Uh, yeah. Are you able to use magic and melee happen at the same time? This, this does uh, bring up the idea of how, uh, how diverse can you make the character? I mean, are you able to have magic and melee happen at the same time? Or are you kind of locked a little bit more into those classes? It really, it's... After you choose your class, you can choose to have almost any magic you want. If you want to pick up a two-handed sword and be a lightning-slinging sorcerer, you can do that. And are, are, are some of the other conventions from, from the single-player games, like the schools, like all, all of those aspects, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get a sense of how familiar and how different this, this game is going to be. There'll be a slight difference in, in, the, in the schools of magic. Um, you know, this is a different time, um, but the reason for that is is kind of starts to uh, unfold in the game itself. Having insurance isn't the same thing as having State Farm. With right, okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> the neighbor State Farm I'm is there. What in my office? Dude, what are you doing in my room? Get the- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate Maureen. those commercials. I can kind of tell that Paul Sage is like, yeah, I have to answer this question again. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's awesome. <laughs> He's a great guy. I love talking to him. He really just, he rolls with the punches. He's, you know, he's just got that attitude like, all right, like I've answered this 50 times today, but I'll answer it again for you. Let's do it again. (laughs) (laughs) He has the sexiest eyes I have ever seen. Oh, dear God. He does have nice eyes for a man. You know, that's, however, though, the point is, is that it's always something that I've been getting aggravated of, like, players saying, like, well, my play style in ESO is going to be, I'm going to go down the destruction tree. Wait, that doesn't exist, guys. We've been trying to tell you that. Those the civil the typical uh, Elder Scrolls magic system that you're used to is not the same as it is in ESO. All right, it's going to be your magic can be based off your classes. It's going to be based off of the guilds, not off of magic types. That makes sense, or did I just like everyone just go what? Well, I, I think uh, the revelation begs some some uh, explanation. You okay. know, I think the best way to to describe you know what what Joe had said is you're not necessarily getting those skill those skill trees, um, but what you are getting are skill sets. Yeah, you know, like I have a I have a destruction staff in my hand, and I'm able to use these sorts of skills and spells and passive abilities or and 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 magic abilities with a generic destruction staff in my hand and and oh by the way I picked up a sword and shield and 
I'm able to use these passive abilities and these these uh, combat abilities with this sword and shield because I'm this type of class. It's sort of how it works. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to pick up destruction or choose to go into um, illusion. It doesn't happen in ESO. It works a little bit differently. and You know, you're not going to really fully understand it until you get your hands on the game and get playing into it. Definitely one of those visual things. Alright, so there was another Paul Sage interview with GameSpot. What do you think about this one, Ivarwin? I think this guy's all over the place and needs a raid, uh, a raise. <laughs> <laughs> what he is, Paul Sage is a G. Yeah. <laughs> G. Um, I thought the, the uh, interview with GameSpot that was announced on, on Twitter today is probably the most pound for pound packed with the most amount of information that I've seen all through E3 with him being interviewed. That's what I think. I think it's an, an amazing freaking interview. All right. Well, I'm going to play different parts of it here in a second as soon as this stupid 30-second advertisement's done. <laughs> like a good neighbor of State Farm, is it? <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> Bing. We'll like do our, we'll do our own people. ad. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> this is a great time to mention our ten dollar mentions. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so queued up. <laughs> yeah, I got it queued up. Let me get to the right spot now. There we go. So the the first thing that uh, that was asked by Gamespot to uh, to Paul Sage was about the UI. Uh, UI on consoles will be tailored to gamepads and PC. The UI will be tailored to the keyboard and the mouse. I mean, the next-gen consoles are extremely powerful, right? They're great machines. So, yeah, absolutely, um, it's it's going to be largely the same experience. Probably the difference is going to be in the, in the way the UI is done, uh, you, you know, for uh, consoles because we want to bring out the best of the controllers. And, you know, for PC and uh, Mac... They're used to keyboard and uh, mouse, and so we want to make sure that that interface is is you know not influenced uh, in anything other than it's great for the PC and the Mac. Yep, built for that platform specifically. Question coming in from. Yeah, yeah. well, that, I think that's actually common sense. There you go. Yeah, perfect. I mean, it's it's one of those like well, duh, you know, kind of things. Well, yeah, you say you say that, but then you yeah. jump into a game like <laughs> Defiance, and you know, Joe, Lou, and I were had were talking about a, about a week or uh, no, it was probably about probably about three weeks ago at this point. Um, I bought Defiance, and mm-hmm. I was I was playing it, and one of the things I had said to Lou was, you know, it doesn't it feels kind of clunky with the mouse and keyboard, and and he said, yeah, to me it sort of feels like a like a lazy console port, like they just yeah. took it and shoved it into the PC, and it the combat feel good. the combat works really well for keyboard and mouse because any shooter does. But everything else for that game is clunky as sin. Yeah, it was. It's. Uh, I'm going on record. Defiance's UI for the PC is atrocious. Yeah, <laughs> horribly atrocious. I can't believe they released it like that. Yeah, <laughs> horrible. Uh, all right. So the next thing you're coming up is the PC support for game pads what a little uh, UI element is telling you to do. Uh, Derek on Twitter wants to know, will this PC version support uh, gamepad controller? Uh, right now, we're still uh, on keyboard and mouse, but, you know, uh, won't rule that out and see what the future holds. Yeah, I mean, you guys are also, you, you're, you have the design set for a gamepad controller, so who knows? Brilliant. Yeah. I know Shank was, was 
had his fingers crossed for a different answer there. Yeah, and and, and you know what though, but the the previous answer relates a lot to this one because uh, <clears throat> if, if we look at a, um, I'm sorry, did I just talk over somebody? No, no, oh, you're good. Okay, uh, <laughs> and then and then. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I know, like, so I was really thinking that, uh... that, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that he actually said, um, you know, over Twitter that you can get button mapping software free or paid or whatever. But the thing is, yes, you could you could get that software, but guess what? The UI then... is still going to be tailor made for the mouse and keyboard, right? It's it's not going to automatically like magically change so that you can. So th- that's that's one of the things. Um, I'm on team keyboard and mouse. I don't care either way. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying that it, that's one of the things that kind of it, both of those points. I think they they definitely lead into each other. When I right. when I play an MMO, my favorite play style is keyboard and mouse. But this show has always maintained and will continue to maintain options are never, ever, 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 ever a bad thing. Ever, ever. Throw a million options in my face. I will still use the keyboard and mouse. As but long, as that long as it has a good UI to go with it. <laughs> that there's some one-handed eight-year-old kid in Norwegian land. That's not, that's, okay. Not a country. That <laughs> is now. That I just made up. <laughs> good Lord. Norwegian land. And his name is Sven-ish. Sven-ish. Steen. Who, who wants to play with his, you know, one hand and on a... <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Right, what's the next point, Joe? Cut the commercial. <laughs> okay, next point. Open beta. How about those $10 mentions? <laughs> uh, the guys I work with. Here we go. People are super eager to get their hands on it. They're talking already about an open beta. Is that something you guys are considering, or is that still too far out for you to, to know about so we're actually in closed beta right now um which is great uh we're getting a lot of uh, good response I'd, I'd say that the number of signups has been absolutely overwhelming uh, <laughs> you know uh but yeah so we will see um when we get to an open beta if we get to an open beta but i do think that that's part of the plan all right paul uh well duh <laughs> no just for dave there's no open beta you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> I heard uh, I heard it was uh, canceled for Norwegian land, particularly among the population of uh, small one Super Bowl. Done. Wait, wait, Evarwin, don't one of our co-hosts live in Nor? Oh yeah, it's Dave. Yeah. Looks like he's not getting the open beta. High five, Dave. No, with your left hand. Oh, you're missing it. <laughs> On a related note, y'all suck. <laughs> Because we love you, Dave. Yeah. I, I know. <sighs> All right. Now let's get into some really cool stuff. The mounts system explained. All right, Paul. Uh, folks, uh, Bureau Islands is wondering about pets. This is actually I like almost every demo now. Because Call of Duty has a dog, I get just beagle pictures and people asking about pets. But it actually makes sense in the MMO setting. You know, in Skyrim, you had, fo- you had uh, followers, people you could have along with you. You can have any tag-along folks as an option in the Elder Scrolls Online? Sure. So there will be uh, NPCs you'll meet in the world, um, you know, and you'll get to have them play along with you, and they'll, they'll help you out. Uh, one of the interesting things when you talk about pets is mounts. 
Um, and so our mount system is pretty interesting in the fact that you get to start off with a horse. And uh, depending on the kind of horse you buy, you get to feed it different things. And what you feed it determines how that mount's going to grow, so it'll get either faster, be able to sprint longer with stamina, or be able to carry more. And so you're really growing your mount however you oh, like. So you can customize it. Uh, will it be able to grow wings or <laughs> another pair of legs? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No Island of Dr. Moreau in Elder Scrolls Online? Ah. Bad joke alert. Why didn't we ask this sooner? This is brilliant. That was for you. Feed my mount and make it faster. Feed my mount or do something to it. That's awesome. Skooma. <laughs> I would love to see what kind of strung out horse you get with feeding it skooma. Yeah. A skinny horse that's always hungry. Could you imagine <laughs> that? As twitching as you ride it. <laughs> it would, like, yeah, you'd, be, you'd try to ride it, and it would be all curvy and wobbly, and you'd be like, go, bring me to Skyrim, and you end up in the middle of, you know, Marwind. Dude, it's, it's okay. I'm going to be the Heisenberg of Tamriel and just constantly supply, like, a black market of horse skooma to, like, all the mounts out there, and they're just going to be totally whacked out horses. He's going to be, like, feeding his horse skooma and moon sugar, and it's going to be ridiculous. You know, there's going to be a, a, a Tamriel pita out there. And <laughs> he's going to come after Shank. <laughs> People who eat tasty animals. If, if you ever, if you ever purchased a mount through some online internet store, through your MMO, this should appeal to you, because you are able to get a mount... And depending on the type of food that you feed it, turn it into your very own type of, of mount, your very own thing. You can customize your mounts. And I, I just I just think it's it's something that's been completely overlooked and hasn't been thought of. It's a completely original idea. It's a- absolutely brilliant. I read this. I gave Paul Sage a standing ovation and the entire Zenimax team a standing ovation for this. It is absolutely 110% brilliant. Another thing that I don't know if you guys caught was he said, depending on what type of mount you get. Yeah. And then what, what you feed it. So could I get like a whale mount? Oh my god. Shank. Vote kick shank. Yeah, let's do Slash that Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just put that in the suggestion box. Right over here. Right next to every single piece of artwork Dave's ever made for this show. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our next point communication in consoles. Come across people, uh, one of the ways you. You find people to play with, you interact with people you see in the world is through chat and through typing some messages in a little chat window. Right. How's that communication going to work on consoles, which, you know, people don't really have a keyboard plugged into? Right. So, you know, we're still working on uh, the console interface and we'll probably be talking more about it. Okay. But as you can probably imagine, you know, one of the things we have, you know, just as an introduction is a radio menu that when you get next to somebody, you have a little context sensitivity uh, where you just pop up and say, I want to invite you to a group or lots of other things. So it'll probably stem off something a lot like that. All right. So a radio menu. You know, I, we, I tried that at, at PAX and I think it's a great idea. I think it would work great. I think it's clunky. And I don't like <gasps> it. 
I don't like it at all. I, I'm going to agree with you. I don't like radial menus. <laughs> I, I'm not opposed to the radial menu. I'm opposed to to the radial menu being the primary way that I interact with another player in in ESO if I'm on console. I just I just feel like it's it's just going to be really clunky because because what happens you see somebody they stop at an NPC and and they could just you know run off in two seconds and then you're like running after him trying to get the radial menu to pop up with it like oh, hold on wait hold on no just stop for two seconds like, damn and it you no, shouldn't miss partying like a- with that nooblet anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I do have kind of a solution for you Varwin um. Fantasy Star Online has a menu where you can go in and put together sayings or pictures or expressions, and you can set those to different keys, let's say. You could have different ones already set up, and you just select the one, and it pops up, and you communicate quickly through a radial menu that way. What would you think about that? I I wouldn't use it. I know that's just me. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's almost as clunky. Uh, Shank, what would you use? What What do you think, Shank? I do you want a perfectly honest answer, sir? Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't want to interact honestly if I was on a console, like you said, because I think there will be. Uh, I think you know. Forgive me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but I think in the beginning of the show you said there might be like more of the hardcore MMO guys for the PC, and then the console might be for like you, it would diff- cater to a different group of people. Or players, I should say, with different play styles. I think having that sort of clunky option, I I don't think they'd mind not utilizing it, if that makes sense. Eh, what did we say earlier? Yep. Nothing wrong with options. Nothing wrong with options. I but completely agree. But I don't think... Uh, I mean, that that's my answer, man. I, I just wouldn't use it, period. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Lou? Doesn't Xbox already and PlayStation support their own online voice chat anyway? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yes, they do. Um, but so you, the thing is, how how as well as friends that, list? Though? What's that? As well as friends list. Right, how, but the thing is, now we're talking on an MMO scope where you could literally have hundreds of players in the same area. I mean, how would that conceivably work? Would it, would it be too taxing? I guess on the system. Yeah, how would you differentiate between one player to another if you want to talk to them specifically and say like, like you know custom private channels? Yeah, hey widget with a GIT, uh, you know, do you want to do this awesome dungeon over here? Uh, you mean through text or through voice? Either one, I, you know, whatever works easiest. I, I I there's I think there's a that would be on the actual console side. Because that that almost sounds like it's an infrastructure for their online and like how they would allow people to interact. Because at least on Xbox, you know, with Xbox Live, you can do that sort of cross game chat, party chats, in game lobby chats. So there's a whole slew of options there. So I think something mm. similar to that might arise with a game like this. Now, w- may it would it possibly be fluid, like more fluid to if you're on a PC to pull up your keyboard and just chat with somebody probably no question maybe maybe real quick a good a good answer is just lots of options you know give me the ability to plug a usb key uh, usb keyboard into my my uh xbox one or my ps4 yeah Uh, so if you if you want to chat with somebody (laughs) your keyboard's there if you want to type and then you bring out your gamepad again then just keep walking around yeah voice recognition where i give a command and say you know chat with you know w-i-g-i-t and and there you go uh give me give me a mini keyboard on my on my controller like like the 360 has stuff like that Mm -hmm. 
Alright, I think it's time to move on to our next point, guys. Relationship slash friend rings with bonus XP. Okay. What? About relationships and breeding. I don't know what the timeline of uh, Elder Scrolls Online is like, but do you uh, romance options for any uh, player characters? Uh, so there, there is something, and you know, I don't want to call it a romance. Uh, you know, it could be something else entirely. You know, just just a friendship. But uh, we do have um, something in the game where you can actually perform a ceremony, um, and you'll get rings out of that ceremony. And if you wear those rings when you adventure together, you'll get experience bonus. So it's kind of like a commitment to have you know almost a long term relationship with somebody. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so we, we want to support that because it's it's fun when you're in with the person you play with a lot, and that's great for us. Can you have multiple rings out with multiple people? Uh, well, it might be expensive, but I suppose you could. <laughs> Ooh, Dave, will you be my bromance? Uh, <laughs> this is awkward. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know what we have is special, but. <laughs> Fine, I'll go, I'll go with the VAR when he asked me earlier. No, you hurt my feelings. <laughs> Joe, I, I will gladly marry you, sir, in ESO. Do I look like a guy who would enter a bromance with you? Honestly, I think this is a great idea. This is cool, especially for your pocket tank running with a pocket healer. Great idea. Lou's obviously got some some objection. What's that all about? <laughs> I can hear his hands ringing. He's like, oh, I know. Oh, water. Ah. No, I, mean, I actually do like the idea. I mean, it, it's actually it's pretty cool. I mean, if you're always just grouping up with the same, uh, you know, one other person, two or three other people, and you do have the option to pulsate there, it's going to get expensive, but you do have the option to have multiple rings out. Um, I think it's just better to just keep it flat across the board where it's, you get the group bonus regardless. Lou. Why do you why do you have to confine it to just a ring that you exchange with someone as opposed to you group up with anyone you see and you still get that bonus? I, well It's uh, friends uh, with benefits. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh my God. I'm so telling Jenny this. <laughs> That's how I'm pitching this to my girlfriend. <laughs> this is uh po- quite possibly the most awkward show we have had to date. <laughs> and in fact, I feel kind of awkward saying date now that uh, we we brought up this conversation. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. You had to... <laughs> Shank's like, how come this couldn't have been a pumice stone that I share? <laughs> I will give you this blue-green tangerine pumice stone, David, if you will be my soulmate. <laughs> now, in all reality, though, I think it's a great idea. Like, if you have someone, like, I know for instance, me and Dave leveled up completely in Rift together all the time. Just, oh, did you now? Yeah, let's not get into those details. <laughs> but, like, so if you have a really, like, your best friend, you guys are playing, or you're, you're even your spouse, even whoever, and you play a lot together, this is another cool little incentive to group up and do things together. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but to, to be fair, uh, Lou, they never said that you won't get a group bonus. They just said that, you know, if you... Uh, if you take someone's ring, <laughs> you know. right, right, and, and, and I'm hoping that this is just one step, you know, and another option that they're giving us. Yeah, but this is actually a neat idea. But I also hope that following the same route, the same track they're on, that they're going to apply and also a, a a group bonus across the board. You don't need a <laughs> ring, but 
whoever you whoever you group up with, you're gonna get a bonus. Oh, in the yeah, chat room, Monovan just won the day by saying "precious." <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> My own. All right, guys. So we have one more point to get into right here, and that's the guilds. Ooh. Jordan wants to know uh, what kind of guilds have been a part of that world for so long. Are they in the MMO? They absolutely are. So uh, th- th- it's funny because we we can talk about two different kinds of guilds. We can talk about the in-game guild, okay. like the uh, Fighters Guild and the Mages Guild, or yep. we can talk about uh, you know the player guilds. Well, Fighters Guild, Mages Guild, those are pretty similar to how they have been. And you know, you go on quests for them, you earn status within those guilds, presumably. Absolutely, that so, is the way it works. Cool, so let's talk player guilds. All right, so player guilds are really fun. Um, you can actually, if you have an established guild, like let's say even before you know we ship the game, you can get on the web, you can just start signing up for a guild that you know, and, and have your established members be in that guild. Uh-huh. And then when you get in the game, that guild's going to be there for you. It's going to have the reserve name and everything else, um, which is pretty fun. Um, but then, you know, when you're with the... When you're in a guild in the game, you'll be able to do things like uh, claim keeps, like I talked about, and there'll be certain bonuses that you get for that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, of course, you'll have the guild leader uh, who gets to set permissions within the guild. Um, you know, so it's it's a really robust system. We've got a few more things that we're going to announce later about the guilds, but you know, one thing that's kind of interesting is, of course, you have a guild bank. Um, where you get to put oh, yes. all your items, and uh, you know, and uh, I mean, I, I think that's fairly typical. But later on, we'll start talking about how we build on that system. How you guys sort of make it Elder Scrollsy and take it in your own direction? Yeah, I'm intrigued. All right, man, these are coming fast and furious. Here's an easy one: El Greek. Will this game destroy my social life? Yes. The answer is <laughs> yes. If your name is El Greek, it already <clears throat> is destroyed. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> right. So. It sounds like to me like a pretty simple guild system. Very typical. Yeah. And it's a great idea that they have, or they're going to have the ability to reserve the guild names. And have everything all set up for when the game actually launches. Guess what? You're in. Uh, I like I like the three-faction guild thing. I think it's really cool. I think it's it's something that's that's definitely going to, and this is kind of off of what, what what he was what he was saying it's not really what he was saying but i, I just want to throw it in since it has to do with guilds um I, I like the fact that that you're able to do that because i think it's going to bring uh your friends closer to you in game like you wanted it before than than previously announced i'm gonna make a guild with no argonians allowed can i do that yes you can <laughs> Will you get yes, any players you no you won't It'll be like a clubhouse. Actually, no, it's going to be a treehouse. <laughs> You're being speciesist, Shank. We don't allow that on a server or on this show. <laughs> As Dave would say, vote kick Shank. <laughs> no, I'm not going to kick you. I'm all for it. Argonians suck. Okay, never mind. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so other little points made before we get even more weird with the show tonight. Uh, loot is instanced, which is what we said before in the show. Uh, you down a boss, you get your own share. No longer having to roll for that item. Yeah. And Wait, losing I'm it sorry, to someone who really doesn't use it. Stupid stupid question, but this is the exact opposite of Borderlands 2, right? No, I think this is exactly what that is. No, Borderlands 2, it's shared loot. It's not instanced loot. Oh, yeah, it is shared. Okay. Cool, because that's yeah. the one thing that really made me... Okay, I'm sorry. Totally <clears throat> tangent. 
It's the, the same style as Diablo 3. Yeah. Right. Oh, I love Diablo. Okay, that's awesome. You and your friend down a boss. Your friend loots the boss. He gets his loot. You loot the boss. You get your own completely different loot than, than what he got. Best so system to have. No fighting, <laughs> no ninjas. Done. Done. I'm still going to yell that people are ninjas, though. Just yell them. <laughs> you stole my good loot. I gave it to you instead of me. Yeah, virtual middle finger. All right. PC slash Mac can mod UI. We know that. Player housing. Huh? This was uh that that was that was a question. Console players were wondering if they were able to if if mods oh. would be supported or if the UI would be able to be moddable um on their on their console. And they had to come out and say PC and Mac can mod their UI, not not consoles. For the the clarification. Right. Yeah. So just to just to clarify, I wanted to toss it in the show as well. Alrighty. So player housing will not be available at shipment. Okay. We heard that already. But it might be available after. After. Yeah. Here's hoping, guys. I mean, it's not a... I can see why if, if they want to add something like that, because it, it takes a lot of work to do um, player housing. A lot. So it's not a game breaker either. But it is a nice luxury to have. So it, I'm more than willing to wait for it to come out in an update. But I still would like to have it. And Toads. crickets. No, no, no. <clears throat> yeah, you're totally right. I mean, it is a neat quality of life feature. Uh, in, in any of what I played, it has it. Um, uh, I'll use my experience again from EverQuest 2. You know, your guild fronts the money. And you actually, you know, you, you build your guild house. <laughs> you know? And the quality the materials you get determines what kind of uh, gift house you get. You can determine the style of architecture. You know, the quality of the material, so it looks, you know, out of flat, glossy, glittery. It looks really neat, and I know a lot of players, especially role players, would love that feature. And plus, well, plus two, um, like uh, Robert and I have seen it in, in Lord of the Rings Online with uh, Bradford's Guild. Guild houses, you get to build your I Love Me house, saying, yeah, this is what our guild did. <laughs> this is what we can do. This, look at this. We took down this boss, this guy, and it's just show up right over there. <laughs> yep, we did it. There We're totally go. heroes. <laughs> <laughs> and here's why. Come to our house and look. Check look. it out. Check, Check it, it out. out. The OTR crew, yo. Hopefully they will have a uh, a guild. It, it, hopefully they will have housing. And then additionally, hopefully they'll have guild housing as well. That'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to bunk with Dave. Um, That's... Awkward. Man, this is... <laughs> Well, you know, I was going to name this show ES or uh, E3 2013. I'm going to call this episode 71 Bromance. Bromance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, nobody's bunking with me if I don't get a ring first. Uh, nobody's bunking with you willingly. Oh, that's all fashion. So, um the the chat room has been asking, are are we going to if we play on the PS4, if we play on the the Xbox One, uh are we going to be able to join the the uh ESOTR guild? I don't think so. Uh you're nope. definitely not going to be able to play with us because we're it's going to be a a PC based a um, PC/Mac-based guild. Yes. We're going to be on different servers, so I I don't think now that's not to say we're not going to have our our own presence in these. Th- I may be 
I, I think I might buy either a PS4 or an Xbox One and have a different, completely different set of characters on on those consoles. So, you, you know, you might see us around Shank for sure, but I think the official, in quotes, ESOTR guild is definitely going to be a PC slash Mac-based platform. Yes. Alternatively, if we do have a presence there, you're not invited. Nah. <laughs> Right. So anyway, we're going to get on to our emails tonight. But before we do, we got one little big point that was based off of an email. Um, Ivar, I'm going to let you go ahead and take lead on this one, number five. So if I haven't already upset you, I'm going to punch you straight, straight in the gut right now. And you're just going to have to take it, listener, because this is an important topic. Consoles. <laughs> oh, I like that. Do it again. Jesus Christ, Joe. The lights are now off. There's a candle in front of my face. (laughs) We roll a D20. Hang on. (laughs) All right, so consoles. Does this really mean that Elder Scrolls Online is dumbed down? Does it? No. 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 We got an email, right? This came from uh, his name is Deft Knight. And I actually think he's in the, uh, the chat room today. Yeah. Yes, he is. Kind of cool, actually. Good. Uh, this email came in this week. Uh, the emailer wanted us to cover five topics, all of which we've already spoken about in the, in the show. However, not this one. So we're just going to read off the email real quick. Dear Elder Scrolls Off the Record, it was announced this week that ESO will also be released on PS4 and Xbox One. And there seems to be a lot more rage and misunderstanding appearing on the forums. And I would really appreciate it if you would give us a summary of what this means for the game and its development. The most confusion seems to surround five issues. Here is the fifth one. The game will be, in quotes, dumbed down for consoles. This last is particular point of confusion for me personally. Is it the AI that will be dumbed down? Quest difficulty? What? I await your discussion of this bombshell with bated breath. Kind regards, Deft tonight. Can, Can I answer one? this? <clears throat> Hold on, guys. Right. Here's, here's pa- the question. Pop- paper, rock, scissors. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, here's the question. Why do hardcore MMO players think the game will be dumbed down if, if the console mirror, in quotes, and how much of this is true? So if, if this game is on consoles, and it is, why do M- hardcore MMO players think the game is going to be done, dumbed down, and is this actually true? Because they're idiots. <laughs> may, may, I may have I, precedence. May I say something real quick? Yes. Okay. I meant no. Um, the, <laughs> we, we know from uh, various interviews, uh, do we not, gentlemen, that uh, – I can't remember. I think it was Paul. Well, we'll say Zenimax Online Studios has said that the, the the machines that they're targeting for are computers within the last five or so years. Okay, this means that your highest end PC, and maybe if you have a machine that's not that high end, will still be able to enjoy this game. That does not mean that if you have a lower end PC, that it's going to be a dumbed down version of the game. Now, why is it relevant? Well, we know that the two, the two consoles are running on x86 architecture. This is the same architecture that's on PCs. Now, if we look at the consoles objectively as sort of mid-ranged PCs, 
mid-range PCs are not going to have a dumbed-down experience. So why would a, the consoles, which are effectively mid-range PCs on the same architecture, have a dumbed-down experience? It doesn't make sense. Uh, well, the big question is, is, what, is what, were they, what do they mean by dumbed-down? Well, they say AI in here, so that's, that's kind of what I just went off of. Yeah, that's not what I think. I think dumbed down means for, for the, the people asking this question are the hardcore MMO fans. Okay, I could disagree. Yeah, I could disagree with that too. You think you think everyone collectively is is yes, no, just because okay. there are games that play a precedence toward this. First off, I do want to say, Varwin, this is a blind fear. This is something that someone who hasn't touched this game at one of the different gaming conventions or conferences. This is someone who hasn't doesn't know what the game's going to look and feel like. Honestly, I think that this would translate great onto a console without issue. I think I'm going to I'm glad Dave. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um I want to make a few points as to games that did have a console port that had issues that were dumbed down, such as well emphatically Minecraft they tore that game apart to put it on the 360. It, it was one-tenth, literally, of a, the game that you would have on the PC. Well, they definitely, when they port them over, they tear them apart to put them on that. The big thing about Minecraft, though, Dave, is it uses a completely different platform than standard gaming. It's just completely built off of Java. Right. So and, and consoles were never built for Java. There are that do that. All right, well, hold on. Let's before we we dive into this. All right, cuz this is this is a big topic and I think I think it deserves our our respect to treat it carefully. Let's first define what we think is meant when they say, you know, is this game going to be dumbed down when it's put onto a console? That's exactly what I was trying to say. So, Joe, what what do you think is meant by this is going to get dumbed down if it goes to console? What it means when it gets by dumbed down for consoles is that players don't think that consoles have the same power or potential or memory space as a PC does. Um, so what they're afraid is going to happen is, one, the game will be made easier to compensate for controller support. Two, it will not have as many options. And three, graphics will be dumbed down dramatically to, to fit a console. Um, but the question is, is well, the answer that... Well, the, I think the biggest confusion is, is that they don't understand what the power is of the new generation systems and what they're able to handle. And it's pretty much everything I've seen. I, On my regular job, I deal with PC hardware on a regular basis. They are PCs in a smaller box that has an HDMI port for your TV. Lou, when someone says, when someone asks you the question, is this game going to get dumbed down when it goes to console, what do you think they mean? Um, well, again, just my own interpretation. Dumbed down usually means they... The game itself takes a hit overall. The quality in terms of, yes, the AI is dumbed down. Uh, things are toned down because of, uh, I guess, past restrictions on the hardware uh, that consoles had in the past. Meaning, they, I mean, the intent was there, but you know, all the intentions are great. But if the hardware can't handle it, you know, you can't do it. So obviously, things will be adjusted so that the hardware can run it. Okay, but uh, with Joy's point, you know. We look at the PS4 specs, the Xbox One specs. Yeah, uh, they're pretty much mid. They're not mid level. Um, as a matter of fact, their hardware rates to about a PC made about six months to a year ago. Right on they're a like high a mid scale, mid mid sized tower type PC on a gaming rig built for that time. Right. They're actually got a lot of power behind them. And one thing I remember about consoles, sorry, Lou, I just want to clarify this really quick. Because you look at a PC's power, 
most of the PC power is allocated to different aspects of your operating system and things running in the background. The advantage a console has over a PC when it comes to gaming is that 95% of the power dedicated in that machine is dedicated to your gaming experience, not your operating system, not your drivers, not everything else that's running on the background of a PC. So it may be like last year's high-end PC will actually be optimized for a year ahead of our current on PC generation because of how much available memory and power a game can pull from on a console. Well, that, that's good, but I don't, I don't really think this question is, is geared toward the hardware. I think it's strictly a, a gaming experience question. I think it kind of stems into that, though. I think hardware has a point, has a part of it, yes, without a doubt, yeah. Um, and Lou, I'm sorry if I can. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, Lou was giving us his his. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Def not actually answered. He's, he's clarifying the question in the chat room. Hang on, I'll get. Let me scroll back up. All right, he's saying the problem seems to stem from the lack of information on end game PVE and communication issues on console. All right, uh, so. Uh, definitely. I mean, again, if you're still there, ch- chime in. So you're worried about. Um, so your question actually is like, what is the end game content all about? PV content all about? Is that it? I mean, are you afraid that's going to be a toned down version of what? I guess if you have previous experience in other MMOs like World of Warcraft, EverQuest, so on, and that type of end game content, is it going to be diluted so that the consoles can handle it? Yeah, and I I think that's exactly what what is meant by the by the question. Um. So, you know, Lou, what what would you what would you say to to a person who who has who, ha- who thinks that this game is going to be diluted or will be less potent because it's on a console? Well, I, I would say, you know what? Here's a link. Go check out E3. Look at these. Look at both companies' press conferences. Look at the specs they gave for their machines, and then go to Newegg, Tiger Direct, Alienware, Dell, Falcon Northwest. Any one of these independent companies that manufacture PCs go, you know what? These are the same exact specs. Okay, but it's not going to be in a, a tall tower. It's not going to be in a, a, a mini frag box. It's built for, you know, on a console type appearance. It can essentially run the game. So why would anything be watered down if you know if the inner workings are similar? I don't think you should, you should expect a, a different, uh, you should have a different experience. Because the game can run on, across all three, you know, there's no need to tone down, dumb down anything. Again, it's I don't, I don't think this is this this is a, a hardware question. I think it's a game experience question. Well, well the game experience is tied to the hardware because if the yeah, hardware can't I, run it, you I can't could program emphatically it, disagree. All right, but let's just say the hardware is there. My game experience is this. How how is this going to get done? Is it dumbed down? Is is the the PC version of Elder Scrolls Online going to be a, a hardcore version? And is an eight year old going to be able to to just you know step on their their uh, Xbox One or their PS4 controller and win at ESO? Exactly. And there have been games in the past that have been ported over that feel like that. Right, and I think that's that's the worry. So, Dave, what about you? Well, honestly. The, I know that the, the guts are there, that it can run it. That's not a question. The question is, will this translate over from a, a mouse and keyboard onto a controller so that you can play the game as adequately as you can on, I, it, on either the PC or the console? 
my opinion on this from playing this game, absolutely. This game seems to be built to be played from either direction in equal form. I'm going to say this. The days of EverQuest are over. For those of you who are looking for that experience in an MMO, it's come and it's gone. There are new things now that are occurring in gaming, and you're just going to have to get used to it. Things like free-to-play, and that doesn't necessarily mean the game is dead. You have to get used to that idea. Things like the game is going to go to console and PC, or, or the MMO is just strictly a console MMO. You're going to have to get used to these ideas. The people that, that play MMOs on consoles all right, are, you know, they, they're the same person who would sit in front of a PC and, and play the exact same game. There's, there's no difference. All right. The, you can't say that just because it goes to a console, it's going to be watered down. That the NP that the 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 NPCs are going to be easier to fight. That you're not going to get gear progression. That rating is going to somehow be less potent. That you can't sit in front of the game for about twelve hours per day and still have a, an, a, a, an amazingly rewarding game experience. That there isn't going to be endless amounts of of uh, exploration within the game. You can't say that because even though the past has proven that it hasn't been done successfully yet doesn't necessarily mean every single game from the from from now on won't be able to do it because technology has changed these new consoles that are coming out are very powerful as paul sage has said and i'm sure as shank could and, and joe could could tell us for consoles they're very powerful so we have to start redefining what we think of when it comes to MMOs and where they're being played and not necessarily just make broad sweeping generalizations that just because it occurs on a console must mean that it's tailored to an eight-year-old kid. We're in a new era, guys. Right, right. And I also confess the fact that EraQuest is not dead. 14 years plus, it's still going, by the way. <laughs> no, it's dead. It's just, dead. It's dead. <laughs> There's just a couple of those, uh, those fans that still exist that uh, played it 14 years ago. Poor uh, EverQuest. We will all right, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap up that discussion, and we're going to get into our emails. We're going to try to get through these quickly. We're starting to run a little bit long on time. So our first email came in from Swarly. Dave, you want to get this one? Yep. Says From Swarly says, So, I know there is a limited information, but we do know cross-faction guilds are available. How do you foresee cross-faction guilds playing out? Will you be only PvPing with your uh, Dominion alt? Will you have non-faction sub-guilds? Please let me know what y'all are thinking in regards to this. Love the show, keep up the good work, and hope this finds y'all well. Thanks, Ben, a.k.a. Swarly. Who would like to tackle this answer? Paul Sage can. Nobody? (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Joe, what do you think? I'm rereading the email, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I, I see him playing out like I thought earlier. You know, I really, with the information we got today about guilds, I really could not answer this, even with a guess right now. Because my original guess seemed like it could be wrong about the whole level 50 thing. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know how the PvP is going to work with cross-faction guilds. I don't know. Done enough information here. I I foresee the PvP that you're going to be stuck with your faction. But I see the cross-faction guilds allowing you somehow to meet up and uh, peacefully exchange gear or or food or whatever you need to do to, to help your own guildies out. Um, I, I sort of see this as a player choice. I think you can, as a, as a member of a race that is also a member of a guild that is completely different faction, I think if you decide to PvP, you'll have a choice as to which alliance battle to engage in. The one that your, your race and therefore your home alliance is in or the one that your guild is in. And if you want to switch that alliance battle, there's going to be heavy penalties, but you can do it. I sort of see that playing a, a, a major role in your choice in PvP. Alrighty then. I think that's a fair enough answer. I hope. Because I don't got anything <laughs> else. Um, next email, Shank. Dare I say it? The fans love it, so oh, I gotta ask God. you to read it. <clears throat> Hi guys, long time listener, blah blah blah. Oh sweetie, you're just you're just babbling here. How will buying and selling items in ESO work? Will it be like in WoW or Rift, where all the auction houses are connected and you can only set up sell orders? What what is this? Some sort of bank? This isn't this is not. Or <laughs> will it be like Eve Online, where all regions have their own market, making it possible to buy cheap in one town and sell high in another? And can you set up both sell and buy orders? This this is like Wall Street right here. Who is this guy? Or will it be a completely different system? Forward slash forward slash Ison Force. See that that's just way too many letters. Sweet. I'm not reading that. Just just never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can especially say no idea. <laughs> well, we had a we had a little drop of a hint. Uh, Paul Sage this week did say that w- there will be some type of auction house-ish thing in the game, but it won't be what you're used to in MMOs. It'll be a little more specialized. Um, That's not a hint. That's like showing a, a crumb of a <laughs> cake underneath a microscope saying, look, this is a cake. Well, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's like uh, reading the ingredients list on a off-brand cereal. Contains food. <laughs> well, if I may chime in, Ison, I really hope it's not like Eve Online because that economy <laughs> is brutal. Um, it, it wouldn't work. Eve's model wouldn't work in ESO because you have NPC vendors you can sell to. In Eve Online, you have to deal with players and what they want, and you're subject to their whims. So, you know, I, I hope it's not. <laughs> Put it that way. I hope it's not Final Fantasy XI's. I hated that auction house. Right. Any other comments, guys? Yeah, I agree, Dave. Final Fantasy XI's was god-awful. Yeah. And I hope it's not... I hope it's a, like a, a cross-world auction and maybe even cross-faction. But, you know, there's two different sides. When you look at the... I'm going to just really quick, guys. When you look at the, the, the economy of a game system, there are two different principles, primary principles you can do. One is a unified per-faction... Two is by city by city, as in more it gets more involved in the game. 
Um, I know Eve did it where I believe it was Eve that just planet by planet or whatever. Yeah, it's region by region. Region so by region. Dominate. Yep. So if you're going like, say you have three major cities in your faction or two major cities and they have different auction houses because they're what are, they, what are they doing? Sitting carriers back and forth constantly trying to figure out prices or what? But it kind of fits more the lore to have them separated, but also can be like, well, I might be able to go to this town and get it cheaper here than I would in this town, but this town might have that item when the other one does not. It can be confusing sometimes, so that system has that drawback. But it has another, another, another plus that system is the fact that it's more engaging in the world, more believable, more engrossing than... A unified auction system, but the unified auction, auction unified auction system. Come on, Joe, you can talk. You can, I promise. Has the benefit of being unified. It's convenient, dude. I'll tell you right now. If there's separate auction houses, I'm gonna play this game so hard, people are gonna hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Gecko, right there. Yeah, flip that auction. <laughs> so yeah, my vote actually is for a separate auction house per town. I, I sort of I sort of like that. I think it has a charm to it. Man, this is the sort of thing that's going to get me banned. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sir. We you, we can't <laughs> allow you on the mega server anymore. You own all of the gold. <laughs> and then and then you know what? You'll be so rich at that point. You'll be like, "You know what? I'm richer than you. I'm just going to ban you with my money." <laughs> He's actually able to kill our admins. <laughs> <laughs> I bought all the players. <laughs> he bought off the uh, the dangers. But but how? How do you kill that which has infinite money? <laughs> I think um, one one concern though is what if a particular auction house doesn't have the kind of population that other auction houses do have? I think with that system, even though I think it'd be like a lot of fun and cool and, and quite charming, actually. I, I think uh, a regional type of auction house would, you know, lend itself to others flourishing and some just dying. Yeah, Th- there's pluses and negatives to it, but I'm on more of the fence with Dave on doing the separate ones just for the. I want to be immersed in the world, not taken away from it. Yeah. All right. So last email, I gotta let you read this one, Yvonne, just because that first line. Oh my god! Hey guys, go. <laughs> I was watching the PS4 E3 stream, and I think I just heard that PS4 gets a beta for TISO. Does this mean that PS4 gets the Elder Scrolls Online? Thanks, guys. Guilty bow. No! Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, look, uh, PlayStation 4 will get Elder Scrolls Online. Xbox One will get Elder Scrolls Online. The PC and Mac will get Elder Scrolls Online as well. Hell, my Nokia from 2001 will get Elder Scrolls Online. It will not. (laughs) (laughs) You talking about the little red one that had snake in it? I'm talking about the one that had no screen. Oh, no. (laughs) But Um, uh, PS4 has a beta announced for it. Uh, So does does PC. There's a a beta that that we'll have. Oh, there was emails. We got several emails. I'm sorry, Varwin. Mm-hmm. We got several emails this week that all address has most a lot of them had the same type of question was so if PS4 announced that they're getting first dibs on beta does that mean that they get it before anybody else including PC no because PC's been in closed beta I think that I think they were referring to was consoles that the PS4 will have a beta option before um, Xbox One that's that's how I interpret it as well Joe 
during the uh, the presser, the Sony presser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how I interpreted it. Well, Ivarwin, you told me you can fly. Let's see it. Yeah, let's see it. <laughs> so here's your Twitter question of the week, guys, and thank you for everyone who weighed in on Twitter. The question that we asked you was, what platform will you play Elder Scrolls online? And your answers will appear on this episode. So, uh, from minus two underscore C, PC here, I'm going to liquid cooling in preparation for Elder Scrolls online. (laughs) Uh, Martin says, easy, PC all the way. Uh, Jacques Major says, gonna play on PC. Let's see, Wade Carpenter says, most likely PS4. Most likely because it's cheaper than getting a gaming PC. Uh, <laughs> Charles Cagle says, is there any other way to play an MMO? PC. Megan, PC and keyboard and mouse. Uh, let's see. Andrew O'Sullivan says, Xbox One for sure. Definitely want to use a gamepad. Just feels more like Elder Scrolls to me. Uh, Catherine says, PC, PC, PC. <laughs> And let's see. Let's see if we can get a, grab a couple more here. Uh, Scotty D says PC. Nash, Mac, and Sam and Diamond. Sam Diamond says, though I played Skyrim on the 360, Zoss will have, Zoss will have time to prevent a repeat of the PS3 issue, so I'll play on PS4. <laughs> you know, everything, all the responses we got, I would say at least 80% said PC. Yeah. And then, like... 19% PS4, and there's a special few that said Xbox. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's, um, we're going to get into the Elder Scroll. I think we covered all this massive episode. Got it all, dude. Yeah. Oof. Got it all. I was lining it out as we were covering so we wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> I know. There's so uh, much information. Holy God. I like the fact that you go back every time we cover something, he crosses it on the notes. Joe, do not recover this. Do not do it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Very big help. All right. So, guys, it is that time of the show to get into the Elder Scroll. Lou, it's yours, man. Thank you very much, kind sir. And today's Elder Scroll, I thought I'd do a quick little review of the Hist. Or I'd like to say Day of the Triffids, Elder Scroll style. It's an old 60s campy sci-fi movie. Or... As I found a nice little quote, rumors and speculation also abound regarding the Hist, a species of giant spore tree growing in the innermost swamps of Argonia. Some have maintained that natives worship the trees. Others claim the trees are, in fact, a sentient race, more ancient than all the races of man and myrrh. No reliable accounts of expeditions into central Argonia exist to lend credence to such these claims, and modern Argonians are reticent to speak of mysterious trees. Hmm, what are they hiding? Well, what are the Hist? Well, they are sentient trees, and they're native to Black Marsh. They were first mentioned, and wrongly referenced, in year 864 and Second Era, in the Pocket Guide to the Empire, the first edition, where it was written that the Argonians are rarely seen outside of their homeland, except for a relatively intelligent strain called the Hist. Hmm, the guide further adds that they are repulsive, but peaceful enough to be tolerated among the human kingdoms and can be found as far as Western Hammerfell. Now, they're talking about the Argonians or the actual little trees. Who knows? It has also been suggested that the Hist are the trees of Argonia, today known as the Black Marsh, and this is the more accepted version amongst scholars. 
Now, the hiss are thought to share a mind or they have a hive mind ability. Though they share a mind, it is possible for one to quote-unquote go rogue and escape itself. In such instances, the hiss purge the rogue tree, meaning it cuts them off from the hive mind or cuts them off from, I guess, their collective. And the last time this happened was a tree in Lilmoth over 300 years ago. And this Lilmoth hiss grows from its own little root. The hiss are also believed to possess hallucinogenic properties when used by non-Argonian species, causing them to perceive others and actual enemies and like as hostile to them. Only Argonians can ingest the hiss sap and they get to feel its full effects without negative reaction. Tree lickers. The hiss also seem to have the ability to communicate telepathically with those who ingest the tree sap. It's suggested that the Argonians are codependent on the hiss. Now, it's also believed that they have been around since the time of creation of Nern. And this has since been confirmed by such sources as the third edition of the Pocket Guide to the Empire, where it is confirmed that they, rather than the Altmer or the, the Nidix, were likely the original forms of life on Tamriel. And as the apparent first inhabitants of Nern, they are believed to have created the Argonian race. It's believed... Also, the Hiss acknowledged Sitz's role as the original creator of the world. Hmm. The other races came into being. All right, what happened? Inevitable conflict. And the Hiss were considered to be bystanders of the war, well, actually ancient wars, between the Elnofe. But most of the realm were destroyed as the war passed over it. Right now, the quick reference, the Elnofe... Again, with the proto-races way back when in the uh, Marethic era. Again, as time passed, it's believed that the Hiss were also able to foresee the coming of the Oblivion Crisis. And were able to call back the quote-unquote people back to the Black Marsh. And were able to coordinate the defense of Black Marsh and defeat the forces of Mayrun's Dagon. They were also driving the Empire into the sea and laid waste to their ancient enemies in Morrowind. And additional background, the Argonians of Black Marsh worship this unique intelligent tree as an almighty power that guides and creates their souls. What little information is known on the worship of this tree by the Argonians, it's confirmed that this represents the core of their religion and their culture. The Argonian hatchlings, they actually drink the sap of the hist at birth and infancy. According to legend, the sap of the hist tree we consume gives the hatchling its soul. And when the Anagordian dies, his soul travels back to its history and is stored until another hatching drinks that hissed and is given its soul, creating a cycle of rebirth. And that's a quick little summary of the hist. Hope you all enjoyed it. I want to say thanks to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, Elder Scrolls Wiki, and the Imperial Library for all the information they have out there on this topic. So if you're ever interested in learning more, feel free to go to their sites. They're awesome. Who I'm disappointed. Uh, what are you disappointed about? Argonians. <laughs> Get over it. It's the hiss. It wasn't about the lizards. <sighs> I'm going to picket your house with a sign that says Argonians have feelings too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they feel great as handbags, wallets, exactly. shoes, belts. <laughs> I wonder if we can get an Argonian mount and then throw it off a cliff. All right, guys, our final thoughts of the evening is, man, this show wore me out. (laughs) 
This episode was fun. I the information from E3 was fantastic. And guys, it's by as this year rolls in to a close, you're gonna get we're gonna see some amazing things from this game. More amazing information. I can't wait to get into open beta and be able to talk about our play in ESO. You are one? Uh there wasn't a single piece of news that came out this this week that I didn't think was awesome. I, I like I even like the fact that it's being held back to twenty fourteen. I want this game done right. And I love the fact that they have a tremendous amount of respect for their own product and they're going to hold it back for just a little bit and say, we want to just add that dash of awesome that's going to really make this an unbelievable experience for everyone involved. And Lou. Wow. E3, so much information. I'm not going to say information overload. There's not enough. (laughs) I want some more. But I will say this, for all those naysayers out there, they're still out there for some reason. You know what? You got a pretty hefty, hefty piece of the pie from Zoss saying this is what our game is like. This is what's going to happen. And, you know, it, great things are coming. All we've seen is some great, great things from ESO. And I, I still can't wait for this game to come out. I want it now. And Dave. I want to formally ask Shank right now if he'd take my bromance ring. <laughs> Dave, I feel betrayed. Dave. You had me at hello. Oh, why? Oh. 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 Uh, my ears. I thought we were done with this. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's going to be our ongoing thing now, the bromance rings. <sighs> and... Dare I say it, Shank? Um, on a slightly serious note, I would just like to say that Elder Scrolls Online emblem at the Sony presser, I lost it. It shows that they truly, once again, showing that they listen to their fans and recognize their player base. So much kudos and respect to Zoss. And it's that time of the show. We tell you guys how to get in contact with us and all of our other goodies going around QGN. And I'm going to leave that to Ivarwin. That's right, guys. How to reach us? Good question. Simple answer. ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. You can get our show there. All of the latest news. A link to QGN TV where we do this show live. You can uh, donate to the show if you if you wish. Uh, as well as links to all of our other shows can be found there, including our Quest Gaming Network uh, portal. You'll find uh, a link to our partners and even Donovan's Tales, a a, uh, Elder Scrolls fan fiction piece that uh, that he's currently writing. The Running Tree and Journals of a Bosmer can all be found at ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. QuestGamingNetwork.com. If you really enjoy all of our shows, you can get every single one of them over at questgamingnetwork.com. You'll find, among other things, amazing news articles written by our great news crew, Joe Bradford, Brian Armstrong, and Shank. Now, now Joe and Brian can't be here today, but I just want to say these guys knocked it out of the park for E3. All of the general gaming news coming out of E3 those guys are putting it all over Twitter. They are, they have, and currently are writing phenomenal, 
phenomenal uh, right, uh, pieces, uh, news pieces for all of the general gaming news. You can get all of that at questgamingnetwork.com. Gentlemen and Shank, I just want to say phenomenal job. I'm really proud of you. You have taken the, the news arm of this, of this network and you have turned it into an absolute diamond. You guys are fantastic. My hat comes off to you guys. Thank you so much for all of your hard work. On behalf of us, thank you for reading it and <laughs> liking the content. If you want to send us an email, go to elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. Drop us a line, ask us a question, tell us how much we stink, tell us how much you love us. We love reading it all, and it might actually get featured here on the show. YouTube.com forward slash elderscrollsotr is this show's YouTube account. YouTube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network is the network's YouTube account. You can catch all of our awesome videos on those two accounts. And the Quest Gaming Network one is the only place you'll find Totally Heroes, QGN's weekly video newscast starring our network's news director, Joe Bradford, and the QGN staff writers, Brian Armstrong and Shank. Check it out this week. As soon as it posts, you're going to want to hear what these guys have to say. Follow at Quest Gaming. Our Twitter account there, you're definitely going to see the uh, the episode post through that. $10 Mentions. It's a service we offer you, the listener. We are giving you our, our advertising practically for free. $10 Mentions is a great place for you to say, hey, guys, here's my ESO guild. We're doing this. Come visit here. Check us out. Or commemorate something if, if a friend of yours is a big fan of our show just say hey maybe give him a shout out ten dollar mentions is exactly what you need for the price you want very 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 simple where to listen oh we're on itunes we're on stitcher radio we're on zune and if none of those is is what you want then grab our rss feed at elderscrollsofftherecord.com drop it into your favorite podcast reader and uh, listen to uh, <laughs> all of our awesome stuff. Uh, if you're not sure which one to go to, we recommend Podkicker and RSS Demon. That's on the Google Play Store. Don't forget about our other shows, Minecraft Off the Record, live at Sundays at 7 p.m. Joe, what, uh, what's going on this Sunday? We're playing Minecraft. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on in Minecraft, Wally? Build up blocks. Okay, thanks, Wally. <laughs> If you have Twitter, if Twitter's your thing, please follow us, follow the show at Elder Scrolls OTR. Joe, right over there, is at the widget, W-I-G-I-T. I am Evarwin. You can follow me at Evarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Lou, Lou's at GamerGuy11B, G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-1-1-B. B as in boy, B as in bravo. Dave is at... D-Enforce, D-I-E-N-F-O-R-C-E. And Shank is at Shank Tank, S-H-A-N-K-T-H-T-A-N-K. And don't forget, guys, leave off that last E in the <laughs> for amazing sales on Pumice Stones. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Miller, Miller Network. <sighs> okay. I just want to say Fusra you all next week. Take care, everyone. Be safe. May the Fus be with you. Good night, everyone. Glad you're all here. Hope to see you all again next week. Fusra to y'all. We'll see you next time. Good evening, chat room. 
Yo, you all got that pork showed up in this? Yo, Damn, you know me, son. Get it, get it. Hook me with a dime bag. What's up? They see me rolling my pork shoulder. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to do my uh, my best shank impression. You guys ready? Yeah, let's hear it. Bros. Graphics. <laughs> <laughs> that has been every other post he puts up on <laughs> Oh, that Elder Scrolls Online thing? Yeah! Yeah, does anyone have any idea what that's supposed to be about? I thought it was a first-person shooter. Yeah. I'm probably gonna just try to screw up Elder Scrolls. Yeah, I totally see that happening. You can't take Elder Scrolls and make it on the internet. That's... Sacrilegious. That's sacrilegious. It's probably gonna be just like World of Warcraft. Oh yeah, totally. It's totally gonna be like a button masher. Yeah. Where you, uh, you have to do your (laughs) rotations over and over again. Yeah. I'll play it just to, just to bitch at it three months later. Yeah. (laughs) I'll do that. Oh, wait. You, sir, have a voice. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, no, tweet. Okay, Pete Hines just tweeted. It is a third-person Khajiit shooter where you just barge into Argonia <laughs> and knock down Argonians. I'll play that. That's awesome. <laughs> I totally play that. Do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Why, yes, Mr. Preacher Man. <laughs> Do you take this man to be your husband? No, no, no. The city is yours. Take it back from the milk drinker. Wait, what? What was that? Sir, what do you... What? Just give me the thing. What do I was talking about? Oh my god. I gotta breathe. Can you imagine getting his order wrong? Him just reaching through the window and just choking Sir, here, here, I got got this. No, you got my order wrong, good sir. Now, you have my permission to die. (laughs) The fleets. I'd like a McFlurry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna walk in, cut your hands over your mouth, and you're gonna be like, "Is there a problem, sir?" <laughs> <laughs> what can I? <laughs> <laughs> sir, are you coughing? Do we need to get you something? No. <laughs> I'd like the number two, please. I think that looks lovely. What do you think, Charlie? Who's <laughs> <laughs>